When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Z. Welcome to the Z-Dog MD Show live on a Sunday. I'm calling this my Sunday sermon because I'm probably going to go off the rails. I do promise, though, I will not use bad language so that you can share this in advance. People who uh, follow the show know that we can be found on every platform, including ZDogMD.com, where we archive all our videos uh, and links and things of that nature. I'm going live to Facebook now, but pre-recording it here for a YouTube upload afterwards if I don't go completely off the rails or especially if I do. We're also a podcast on iTunes and every other platform. Please review us. All right, today I wanna, I wanna talk about this last week, which I think has been just insane. So it started out with a new conspiracy video. It seems like there's one every week now. It started with Plandemic, which we thoroughly debunked, and you know, start to notice a pattern. So the newest conspiracy video is a so-called undercover nurse named Erin Marie, and by the way, you can find her online as Erin Marie Malone originally, uh, which is important. Uh, You can go and Google that. Um, She is a nurse, formerly ER nurse, um, head of the Florida Freedom Alliance, which is a pro-medical choice entity, which basically translates into I'm not gonna vaccinate my children and I'm gonna teach you how to not vaccinate yours. She's been known from such hits as advising parents to avoid chemotherapy for their children and advocating for their ability to do that when a patient has a curable or treatable cancer and is a child. Such lovely uh, concepts as chemtrails being bad for you and having associates such as the legendary Judy Mikovits from Plandemic fame. So. There's already a bunch of strikes against the credibility of this nurse. Many people have reached out to me who know her and have said really terrible things that I cannot confirm, so I won't repeat, but I will say this. She's not a credible person to talk about anything. And yet, here we have a video she did with Journeyman Pictures called Perspectives on the Plandemic, Undercover Nurse at the Epicenter or something along those lines. And I talked about it in two videos. The first one, I went through her hour video and I summarized, these are the flags that you look for to detect misinformation, like false experts, logical flaws, um, impossible expectations, meaning moving the goalposts, um, these sort of conspiracy thinking, these sort of things, and we checked pretty much all the boxes in this video. But then I started getting stories from frontline healthcare professionals that she purportedly blew the whistle on called murderers, called incompetent, and basically accused 
uh, them off killing minority and poor patients at Elmhurst Hospital in New York City for reimbursement through Cuomo and Medicare and Medicaid for COVID. She accused them of falsely diagnosing patients with COVID, of shoving them in with non-COVID patients, and of letting them die, or worse, uh, letting them die by incompetence. This video quickly went viral with lots of people believing this nurse. Um, of course, Elmhurst Hospital can say very little because uh, there's a thing called HIPAA, which binds us, uh, which by the way, we should abolish, just FYI. And because of all that, we then have an ability of a, a single person who has a pre-existing agenda, who had denied COVID was even a thing prior to going to New York with the agenda through a travel uh, staffing agency called Crucial Staffing, which by the way, you can't really expect them to be able to find the subtle dirt on this person that would make them incredible. So you can't, it's tough to kind of really blame them. And they were trying to staff up these hospitals in an emergency crisis that was unprecedented in recent memory. And yet there she was, slips through the cracks, goes to New York City, and um, with an agenda, which is to secretly record and expose the great cover-up which you would think would be exposed by hundreds, if not thousands of healthcare workers who entered healthcare to help other people, but forget about that. The only other smattering of people who've made noise about this were other traveling nurses, like the one from Nevada, who did a tearful thing saying everyone was being murdered. Um, and I have a lot to say about that, but let's back up a second. So she does this and done, then makes this video, is selling a book, has a GoFundMe page with a goal of $150,000 for her defense because she knows what she did was illegal because she's used to doing illegal stuff, all right? So here's, and again, I'm gonna stop with the ad hominems because I know I tend to fall on them because I get emotional about this, but let's strip that out and talk about where we're to blame for this because that's what I wanna talk about today. People believe her to the tunes of hundreds of thousands of views. And if you read the comments on the videos that I made about her, they are poisonous. So these people are so triggered that someone would dare oppose their hero conspiracy revealer who simultaneously plays the victim and the hero. That's a hallmark of conspiracy thinking, just like Mikeovitz did. I was falsely persecuted. Also, I'm the one who solved HIV, right? So self-aggrandizement. This woman says, I was a wounded warrior in Iraq. I've been on the front lines. I've done this and that. By the way, you can dig into this, and I suggest that you do. Um, so all this false aggrandizement, but it doesn't matter because people are supporting her and they're believing her, the general public. Forget about the frontline healthcare professionals who have nearly given their lives and some, in some cases have given their lives to help during this unprecedented crisis. Now, why? Why is this asymmetry? Why is the public so willing to quickly uh, indict the healthcare industry and believe this conspiracy? And I will say this, it's entirely on us and our system, entirely. You can't blame them. I would do the same thing if I was poorly educated in healthcare. I just happen to be in the system and I know how dysfunctional it is. I also know how good the people in it are. And so what we see here is the only people who can defend the healthcare folks on the front lines who will not have a voice because they've already, you know, the hospital will tell them, don't speak out or you will be fired, right? Because they have their own legal thing going on. The only person who can say anything is someone like me who has some modicum of credibility being in healthcare, being a hospitalist, having this platform. 
And so what happens is that same group of people then start turning their sights and saying, he's a shill, this, that, all the explanation. Why? Why would they assume that a good person with healthcare experience would disagree with what this criminal con artist is saying? Why is that? Well, you could say it's politics. Well, these are mostly more right-wing people who believe COVID is overblown, don't wanna wear a mask, don't want the shutdowns, which by the way, I share a ton of those sentiments about opening up economy, about stop spreading the fear component of it and being rational and opening up strategically. I share this, I actually share a lot of their moral matrix, which is liberty versus oppression, loyalty versus betrayal. These are important important moral matrices, which I've talked about in a previous video, but why would they feel it? Forget about it. They actually span the political spectrum. The thing they have in common is they don't believe us, healthcare professionals. They don't believe the government and they don't believe public health officials when they say, this is what we're doing and why we're doing it. And why is that? Because we are completely to blame for that. Let me tell you why. <laughs> we, as a healthcare system, cost more lives in this country than any degree of police brutality, any degree, I mean, car accidents, it doesn't matter. We have never embraced quality improvement, quality science, safety. Why? Because we aren't incentivized to do that. Why? Because our system is so incorrectly built. No one's fault, this is how it grew. America's fault, because this is what they allowed happen is the insurance-mediated healthcare industry that pays fee-for-service means you get paid to do things to people, and that's what you're gonna do. You don't get paid to do them well. You don't get paid to do them safely. You don't get paid to improve systems that actually prevent individuals from making errors that are beyond their control in a system that allows those errors to happen. A punitive system where if you admit to an error, you're fired. This is not a just culture system. This is not a system of quality improvement. So when a nurse, as fake as she is and as con artist as she is, goes into a, a, a county hospital that's always gonna have less resources than other hospitals but still gonna try to do their best with trainees in it, fellows and residents, during a crisis, overwhelmed, out of ventilators, people dying everywhere, you know, minorities and impoverished, uh, patients that are already at so much risk, who are set back just by years of history, right, are suffering in this entity. She goes in there and then purports that they're, you know, they're being targeted and killed and this and that. People are going to believe them. You would be a fool not to believe her if you've had even five minutes of interaction with our system. And then we sit on our high horse and tisk 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 the general public for you know having conspiracy thinking and i've done this i'm guilty of this and for you know blaming us when stuff goes wrong and for not listening to the public health officials and for distrusting us when we say hey wear a mask or stay home or whatever it is why because we're hypocrites the same public health officials that were screaming and yelling about lockdown and social distancing and mask wearing, the minute something changes and now it's people out in the street, shoulder to shoulder, protesting police brutality, they're like, go ahead, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> Wash your hands. 
okay, what kind of message, forget about the cause, forget about the appropriateness of the cause, and forget about the fact that racial inequality and uh, race is a social determinant of health and it is a health issue, right? Forget about all that. How hypocritical does that look to the public that then is gonna look at us and go, they just say whatever they want and they have an underlying political agenda and why would we ever trust them? And then this nurse comes out looking with, with the makeup, photogenic, stands there and says, this is what I saw, cries the crocodile tears, which are entirely fake. Maybe she even believes them, who knows? But the audience believed her. And then some bald clown doctor who's clearly paid off, who's part of the system, if they only knew, how little of the system was part of me. No one pays me. I'm employed by myself. I can say whatever I want. No one can fire me. I have no financial allegiances to anyone but you, my audience, and my supporters, who, by the way, a fair number of bit believe her as well, because they've seen mistakes made in the hospital. They know what can happen. They just haven't talked to the people there. I have. But they look at me and go, yeah, why would I believe this guy? He's part of them, which makes perfect sense. We're not thinking rationally, we're thinking emotionally. We're thinking with our elephant. And I don't blame them. That's why I allow the comments on my YouTube page. I allow them to say what they're thinking because we should see it. We should witness that the number of thumbs down on the pandemic video, on the Elmhurst video, on the disinformation video, equal or exceed the number of thumbs up because the public doesn't trust us. We've never educated them, we've never taught them to think critically, and we've never shown them a reason that we aren't the third leading cause of death ourselves. If we put body cams on our own people, which is what she effectively did, you're gonna see disagreement, you're gonna see argument, you're gonna see concerns about a DNR that wasn't approved by the family, that required a two-physician futility consent, which is appropriate, but was it communicated well? Maybe not. You're gonna see medical mistakes, wrong drug given, wrong patient given, wrong side amputated. You're gonna see that because we haven't fixed that yet. We're trying, but we haven't fixed that. We're not trying hard enough, let's be honest. We don't get paid for quality. Try working on a startup that works on quality. I've interviewed a few of these guys. Their biggest complaint is nobody pays for quality. No hospital wants to buy our stuff that makes quality better, right? If you actually looked at the amount of over-treatment that's well-intentioned, that causes harm, People would be rioting in the streets. They would be burning hospitals to the ground with the anger they would have because they would remember how grandma died. They would remember how their mother suffered in the hospital. They would remember this. And listen, this is hard for me to say because these are my people. But we need to turn that mirror on ourselves. How many doctors are out there on social media with their performative wokeness Tisk tisking everyone for racism, demanding that we take a knee when they'll go right back to the hospital, overtreat people, forget about safety, and not wash their hands. How many? Answer the question. We'll do that. Take a good, hard look at yourself. There's data that shows that when we feel guilty about an injustice or something, in other words, it's something that we might've contributed to, and we hear a story about somebody violating, doing that same thing, a way we assuage our guilt is by publicly calling out the story because it makes us feel like a better person. 
Whereas if we turned that mirror really on ourselves, what we saw would be so hurtful that we'd have to make a real change or fall apart. But we don't do that. It's much easier to tweet hashtag X lives matter or hashtag anti-racism or hashtag stay home or hashtag whatever than it is to actually take a good hard look and do the work to make those changes happen. And I'm just being honest with you guys. I know I'm gonna be deplatformed. I know I'm gonna be canceled. I know all the woke people are gonna attack me as some kind of right-wing guy, which you guys who know me know I'm not. I'm dead in the center of trying to just find what works for us on any given issue, right? And the right will call me a communist and the left will call me a fascist and they can both be right. But the truth is, I'm telling you the truth and you know it, and you know it. So what can we do? Admit, we know this, we in the ZPAC know this, we've been talking about health 3.0 because 1.0 and 2.0 suck. Let's make it better. Let's have consistent public health messaging instead of the schizophrenia. Let's really try to separate our emotions from our critical thinking. Let's stop deplatforming people with different viewpoints, especially now when, listen, Sam Harris has said this best, and I really implore you to listen to his latest podcast right now on his Waking Up podcast. He said, the only thing we as humans have to settle disagreements is discourse, is dialogue, is civil conversation. If we don't have that, we have violence. When we don't feel like we have a voice or can be heard, we have violence. So what's gonna happen to discourse when you're afraid to even open your mouth and speak what you think your truth is? All you have left is strife or silence. We can't have that. We have to bring rational discourse, critical thinking back and America is lacking it en masse en masse. We can't have false equivalence anymore between bad ideas and good ideas, but we have to have the discourse. Fox News did a piece about this nurse, gave her a big platform, interviewed her, because what she's saying fits the dialogue of people who want to open the economy, who feel like they've been, uh, their liberty versus oppression moral matrix has been violated, right? So she's a perfect fit. She was on Tucker Carlson, she was on Fox and Friends. A bunch of people tweeted at Fox, hey, you know, there's a doctor here who's saying that she's full of crap and went through it and debunked it. You should have him on the show. Now, I don't go on TV, but here's, except for local news, because I think it's important to contribute to your community. Here's what ended up happening. They put a tag at the end of their post saying, by the way, there's also a doctor who disagrees and has called her out, here's his video. At least they did that. But two lines and then a piece that's this long, that's not equivalence, that's not fair and balanced. And the, the left's mouthpiece, let's be honest, let's stop beating around the bush and saying the media is fair to any anybody. The left's media does the same thing, just with different stuff. And the right's media does the same thing. Can't we just find a real balanced discussion that's civil? They're always gonna be biased, but at least we can have the discourse. And maybe social media could be a place where open and respectful discourse could happen. I'm not holding my breath, but it has the potential to do that, right? So that's what I want. So I think the calls to action are this. Stop deplatforming people for saying what they want. You shouldn't be afraid to be fired for saying something that 
is not, you know, look, if you're an overt racist, that's one thing. If you're an overt, you know, psycho of any kind, of extreme on any kind, you know, that's, that's one thing. But if you're trying to have a discourse and a dialogue and trying to find truth and you're coming with good intention, you shouldn't be fired, you shouldn't have to resign, you shouldn't be deplatformed, right? You should be a part of the conversation. The second thing is we in healthcare need to look at our own house before we start pointing the finger at others. Because if you think this COVID thing has gone well, <laughs> this, is a, this is a drop in the bucket as far as pandemics go. Just wait till the real one comes. By real, I mean the one that is instantly transmittable, highly fatal in young people and old people and spreads like wildfire, okay? This was bad. That will be excruciating. And there won't even be room for conspiracy theories because everyone will die. So we better get our house in order so that people begin to trust us again, which needs we need to open dialogue. We need to hear what their elephant is saying, what their moral matrix is trying to tell us and connect with it. It's really hard to do, but we have to do it. And then we have to look at our own people and go, okay, how is it that someone like Aaron Marie, Aaron Malone, Aaron Marie Malone, was able to get this platform and no one in healthcare is opposing what she's saying, or at least sitting down and having a dialogue about it. Why is that? What's wrong with our own system that we can't speak out? Maybe we need to reform HIPAA. Maybe we need to end corporate medicine that stifles us. Look at Maurice Shaw, who I interviewed from Walgreens, who was fired for doing stand-up comedy and maybe other stuff that has nothing to do with his job. Hmm? Corporate medicine, maybe we need to look at you. And maybe we need to look at ourselves and go, are we projecting our own guilt when we virtue signal online? It's one thing to support people, it's another thing to shame others for not being woke enough. That's enough of that, guys. Assume good intent and try to draw it out of people, all right? That being said, I hope you guys uh, got something out of this. I don't know, but we'll see. Let me pull up your comments real quick now. So for people who wanna tune out, often the comments are the best part though. Let me pull some up because this is the joy of live. Um, Okay, where are my comments? Love Maurice, says Janine, and Corporate Medicine Health 3.0, Rhea Jeffers. Kimberly King, a successful virus won't kill its host immediately. It needs to spread. That's why Ebola wasn't as much of an issue as was predicted. Exactly, but if you look at the 1918 Spanish flu, it was able to spread and infect and kill with the nice time sequence that allowed it to be horrific, along with all the mo movements that came with troop movements and things like that, and the lack of an effective response. So if 1918 happened now like that, I mean, we would be screwed. Um, oh, one other thing I wanna say for this whole mask thing. Look, you guys know my thing on masks. I, I thought cloth masks were really stupid. And actually, I've really evolved my thinking a little bit. Look, if everybody wore some kind of face covering when they went out and interacted with other people, we probably wouldn't even have to do as much of a shutdown. We would, the social distancing is still important, but it wouldn't be as crucial. And again, my thinking has evolved on this. I didn't used to feel this way, but seeing more stuff emerge, seeing patterns emerge, I'm starting to think, if we just did that, we would be more free. So people who don't wanna wear masks because they feel it's a liberty uh, oppression issue, it actually allows more freedom, you know? And, and I'm gonna talk about that in a future show. Um, Tony Frankie, seeing people try to vilify you on YouTube was irritating. You're a bigger man for accepting and keeping the comments up. Well, I, I don't care what they're, see, those comments, I don't even, 
they go right off my back. But the thing is I do read them because I wanna take a pulse of what f- people believe about misinformation, right? And every now and again, there's a comment that's on point about me and my style that I do take as constructive, even if it's not intended as constructive. So it's, it's useful, but just, you don't close comments. That's crazy. That's censorship and you just don't do it. Why be on a public figure if you're, if you're not gonna listen? Um, Nita Acosta, amen, love listening to you. You can put into words the perspective I share, but I don't know the verbiage without offending the other person. Keep up your videos, so needed. All right, so don't feel bad about that, Nita. Almost none of us know how to do that, myself included. And one of the unfair privileged advantages that I've had is being born not white. So my parents are from India, we're of Persian descent, I'm a little off-white, I could fit in whatever I wanna say I am. That's given me the courage to be able to speak about issues like race and things like that without without feeling that innate inward guilt that would make me project more than I normally would. And it's not a fair advantage, but I have it, so I'm gonna use it. And some people will disagree and say, I don't have that advantage. Well, that's too bad. As long as I feel like I have it, it allows me to say things in a way that is not as confrontational, defensive, or projecting. At least that's the way I like to think of it. Um, Also, the kickback some doctors get for recommending certain meds, uh, Rhonda Falcons. So this is complicated. Kickbacks is a complicated thing. It's not really kickbacks. Like for example, oncologists get a percentage of the drug price for infusing drugs in an infusion center. Well, that is a kickback if you really look at it. And it means that they're gonna, by, by tendency, wanna use the more expensive drugs. So those incentives are dumb. You need to be compensated for the work you do. So I'm not saying they shouldn't be paid. I'm saying it shouldn't be tied to the price of the drug. That's insane if you want a good system. So yeah, we should be able to talk about that. Why is that taboo to talk about that in medicine? It means we're defending ourselves. We're defending our income because we feel it's under attack in every way. Let's be honest. Sherry Luke, drug reps make more than doctors. Time to look at the pharmaceutical industry a little bit, don't you think? It's a mess. Um, yet we need them, so what are we gonna do? Better start working on it together. Don't villainize them, start to work on solutions. April, every unit in the hospital needs to make the change. How can you make a change in your unit? That's right, look at your own little things that you can do, and that change then ripples out. And then we start to get our government officials who've been useless up to this point to actually make Uh, changes to law that allow a change in incentives and more flexibility like direct primary care practices, different ways to pay for healthcare that we actually align care with incentives. Um, Let's see here. Do you have thoughts on planning for future pandemics? Um, Do you already know what you would set in place? Rita Nichols. Well, this is the thing. So it seems like feast or famine with public health. Either you fund it or you don't. Either it's starved or it's not. I don't think like CDC and AWHO have been so disjointed that they've ruined the credibility of the public health institutions. Why is that? Well, maybe it's partially because they don't have enough funding or organization, too much bureaucracy, bad leadership. I think Redfield at CDC should be fired. Why is he still there, right? Get someone like Nancy Messonnier to replace him. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> At least that's the projection. And with, with a public entity like that, the projection, the perception is the reality. Do better, you know? Like when WHO says, oh, actually, it's not that much asymptomatic transmission. And then the next day, the same person comes out and says, I misspoke. I mean, I just meant this like a couple of studies. Okay, that's terrible. That's unconscionable what you've done. 
as a as a medical communicator who often changes his mind so if i change my mind i come out and go okay guys i screwed this one up this is what i actually learned that makes me change my opinion on this right you have to you you guys are here with me for the nuance but the public doesn't they don't have time for nuance what the press is going to take a sound bite and make it a black or white thing which is not good for public health um I have trouble trusting because so many have broken that trust. And I say that as a fellow healthcare professional, Whitney uh, Eberhardt. I don't, I don't blame you, Whitney. I've, I've been the victim of terrible care for myself and my family before, and I've, I've had amazing care, right? But the truth is, if we can't speak out, care variation, I had the guy from MCG Health on the show talking about how to reduce care, unexplained care variation. Like, why should there be these huge variations in care that actually when there's data showing, oh, there isn't actually a, probably a correct way to do it. People push back against that as cookbook medicine, but it's not, it's just good medicine that we've worked very hard to figure out. Culture of medicine is really broken. It resists change. It values autonomy, but then in reality, we have no autonomy. Why? Because we valued autonomy so much that we pushed back against anybody that would have allowed us to save money, to have better outcomes, and now we have no autonomy. Why? Because we're all bought up by these big conglomerate medical groups that then strip our autonomy away in order to negotiate with insurance companies to get better deals. Like that's what we've been reduced to. That's why there's so much unhappiness on the front lines of healthcare and for our patients. It's a real, real, real problem. All right, guys. Um, I love you. Um, please share this video. If you'd like to become a supporter, we go really hard in the supporter group. One thing I'm doing more of now are Instagram Live. I did one recently and I really go off the rails on those. So if you wanna see just straight crazy, pure elephant, uh, meaning unconscious emotional Z, you'll see it there. It's Sunday, so I'm gonna ask you to do something for me. Either connect with whatever your spiritual tradition is, whether it's meditation, that's mine, or prayer, whatever it is, because it's so important right now that we connect to something that feels bigger than us, that isn't a, you know, political group or a tribe, but rather is something even bigger than that, all right? That's very important. I love you guys, and we are out. Peace. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just gotta ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithms to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. 
So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.